and it listened to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop. He's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping. Their 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 face is like twitching. Bigfoot Society. This is your host, Jeremiah Byron. Every week I talk to different people in the cryptozoology field. You never know who's going to be on next week. If you'd like to sponsor the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Welcome back to another episode of the Bigfoot Society podcast. Uh, This episode is a special one. It's number 150. It's crazy to think that we're already to 150 episodes of the Bigfoot Society podcast, and thank you so much for listening to each and every one of them. If you haven't caught them all yet, definitely go back and uh, check them all out. This week's episode is a recording I did of my first live presentation at the Van Meter Visitor Festival in Van Meter, Iowa. Uh, It's a very special presentation all about my research and findings about the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. And uh, you might have heard me talk about this on my different social media outlets, but um, I was able to get a recording of it, maybe not the best one, uh, through voice memos with my phone, but that's what I had at the time. And the information that I'm going to be talking about in this presentation, I know the Van Meter Visitor Festival audience knows, all 150 of them. Thank you for attending. And of course, loyal Patreon members know, of course, because this will be, this is the contents of a few episodes of the Iowa Files, which is a special Patreon-only podcast I do. Uh, I'll be referencing a presentation, some slides. Uh, Of course, this is an audio podcast, so you won't be able to see it. But if you do want to see that presentation and follow along, uh, those uh, I have the PDF, I have the PowerPoint slides. I also have a selection, actually all of the different articles that I was able to find in my research, uh, which you can use those articles and go even deeper in the story. Uh, And it's just, it's fascinating. But follow along with me as we go down the trail of finding out exactly what the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center of the 1970s was. Thanks for listening. Make sure we're still good here. All right. I want to welcome everybody to the ninth Van Meter Visitor Festival. Can everybody hear me all right? Okay, good. My first festival was uh, the fifth one, 2017. I'm formerly from Michigan. And normally I would go north or east to any kind of a conference, but I thought, I'm going to take a chance on the Van Meter Visitor Festival. And uh, I have no regrets. This is a great festival with humble beginnings that keeps growing. 
And this year, we're actually in a building. Yeah. Yes, we can uh, last week it was at the Mothman Festival, which also started out with humble beginnings, and you just can't believe the crowds that were there. Now, when I was there, I was also MC, and I also did the what they call the TNT Hayride Tour. That's where the the, uh, the dreaded TNT area where the Mothman was originally seen. And uh, in every case, I asked people, you know, who are the who are the newbies, who are the veterans? So please, show of hands or or scream. How many have never been to the Van Meter Visitor Festival? Wow. Wow. Make some noise. Okay. Now, how many people are veterans? How many people have been here before? Okay, this is similar to the Mothman Festival. The, 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 the newbies outnumbered the veterans almost uh, two to one. I just have a couple more remarks. I'm just going to spend two hours on my mind-bending philosophy, and then we'll get to the speakers. Oh, where's everybody from? Yell out some states. Who's the furthest? Who came the furthest? Kansas City. Anything further than Kansas City? Lawrence. Where? Lawrence, Kansas. It's a little farther than Kansas City. Louder. Lawrence, Kansas. Okay, I was hoping for, I don't know, Manitoba or Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay, that's all right. That's okay. We Locals are, are welcome. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm living in, uh, well, I'm, I'm a displaced Michigander. I'm now living in deep in the Ohio Valley in West by God, Virginia. I'm inches from downtown Point Pleasant where the Mothman area was seen. I'm actually six miles north of where he was first seen. Am I still on? Uh, something happened. It's a little weird. Something happened, right? Yes. Oh, Chad, where are you when we need you? Chad, Chad. Oh, yeah, that's not good. <coughs> Wait a minute. Is this going to, oh, it's going to fade in and fade out. It's going to be fun, yeah. Oh, I'm glad I'm just MC and not a speaker. I guess I won't spend two hours on my mind-bending philosophy. And uh, I'm also, uh, I actually live on the very same road that the Scarberries and the Malice were chased by the Mothman in November of 1966. And I'm three streets away from where the Silver Bridge used to stand that collapsed in December of 67. So, uh, the, like I say, the Mothman Festival started up with very humble beginnings and it keeps growing just like this festival is. The thing is about Van Meter is that the, the folklore and the history is fascinating, but you will come back because the people are amazing that you will meet here. And also, this is a place where you can talk about these subjects. Unlike some of your family members or, uh, uh, or co-workers that look at you sideways when they find out what you did the last weekend, and they ask, you went there on purpose? <laughs> Okay, so let's get started. Oh, I should tell you, uh, it's uh, for the the, uh, the Van Meter tour of the, the Week of Terror. That's uh, at 6.30 in front of the library in Grant Street. Uh, there is a, uh, Rachel told me to say, oh, there's the Legion Bar, which is open, okay. Uh, don't forget we have vendors outside and inside. And uh, I think that's it. Okay, our first speaker is Jeremiah Byron. He's the host of the uh, Bigfoot Society. It's an interview podcast that focuses primarily on cryptozoology. He is also a Madison County resident who enjoys researching the history and legends of Iowa, specifically pertaining to cryptids, 
the Van Meter Visitor and Bigfoot. And I'm going to add a little artistic license here because it doesn't say it. And a Mothman. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Please welcome Jeremiah Byron to the Van Meter Visitor System. Check, check. Thank you, Steve. My pleasure. Uh, my first Van Meter Visitor Festival was uh, the one Steve was talking about, and the first person I met was Steve, who talked to me for 40 minutes about high strangeness, and it was the best 40 minutes ever. So I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. And good to see you again. Good luck. Very good. So uh, we're going to be talking for a little bit about a very weird subject. Uh, what happened to the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center? Uh, does anyone know what that is in here? No one? Yeah, neither does the internet. So <laughs> buckle up, kids. All right, <clears throat> first off, who am I? So my name is Jeremiah Byron. I'm the host of the Bigfoot Society podcast. This is kind of going to be your pre-roll where I'm going to do a little ad for my podcast, because why not? Um, you can hear such things on the Bigfoot Society podcast, like my interview uh, last week with Rachel Backstrom, all about the Van Meter Visitor Festival Origins. It's very cool. I learned a lot in that episode. Uh, and then I, a few weeks ago, I did one with Chad Lewis, which was uh, fantastic. I learned about the origins of the name Van Meter Visitor, which was very cool. I want to make sure everyone in the back can hear me. Give me a thumbs up. Perfect. We're going. All right. <clears throat> so, this is not the name of my podcast, but getting into the story, you know, I started out as a podcaster, and eventually you start to research the areas around you. Um uh, and so for my uh, Patreon audience, I started a second podcast, because why not? And I figured, hey, I want to get a cool uh, cool artwork made for it, so I made what's called the Iowa Files. So this is by Jonathan Dodd. He's the same guy who uh, put the shirt together for me that I'm selling at the booth, uh, which is a ripoff of an old WWF poster. <laughs> also, I want to give credit where credit is due. If you don't have this book right here, What Are You Doing With Your Life?, you need to get the Van Meter Visitor book by Lewis, Voss, and Nelson. Of course, you know those good dudes. Uh, it is right here, but this is my copy, so mitts off. Uh, next up, we are talking about this amazing book, uh, Monsters of the Hawkeye State. You can get this from erielights.com. Uh, uh, David Weatherly, he was a speaker last year. Uh, but this is like the first book on cryptids in Iowa, and it will blow your mind. And it's literally why I'm doing this talk here today. So, I'm um, sharing this with permission from the author, David Weatherly. I was reading this book, and it's an amazing book. It's got 80 pages on Bigfoot history in Iowa alone, which no other book has done that. Uh, but there's a specific thing that set me off. Throughout 1978, the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center received numerous reports of sightings and anomalous sounds from an area around Stevens State Forest. So I read that paragraph, and I about blacked out uh, when I saw the phrase Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. Oh, I'm going. Okay. Um, because I was like, I'd never heard of that, and I've heard of a lot of weird stuff um, around Iowa. And I was like, i got to figure out what the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center is. So that took me on a wild journey uh, that led to a lot of weird places. Uh, the first thing, so my first question was, 
What was the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center? Was it a forgotten museum? Was it an actual place? You know, if you're a Des Moines resident, we know it's from Des Moines, because uh, I did a Google search. Why not you search with Google first off? And I found some weird newspaper article clippings. It said it was in Des Moines. And I'm like, well, was it a little shack in, on Ingersoll? Or was it a, uh, a little log cabin uh, on the Raccoon River? These are all regional references, of course. Uh, so hopefully most of you get them. If, if not, that's, that's OK, I guess. Um, I then said, well, why don't I talk to the author, David Weatherly? So communication with Weatherly. He's like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I found some articles, and that's all I could find. And the weird thing is, is that we know the organizer was this guy named Kevin Cook, and he disappeared off the face of the earth. So he's probably long gone. So good luck, man. I was like, I'm going to figure it out, okay? So right off the bat, not a good, not a good time. We know that one of the gentlemen is disappeared, Kevin Cook. I also said, well, why don't I try... Uh, talking to the Iowa Historical Society, which is awesome. Go history. So I sent him an email. Of course, you know, the History Museum downtown Des Moines. And uh, they got back to me in about a week. They said, thank you for your car call regarding information on the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center or information on other cryptids in Iowa. Also, my apologies for the delay in getting back to you. It was a busy week last night. Oh. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we'll have anything on the center encrypted within Iowa. I checked our catalog, vertical files, and some other places in our collection with no such luck. Your best bet would probably be to go uh, through newspapers. Thank you. Okay. Oh, this is... Check, check. Okay. Oh, it's your mic. It's my Britney Spears mic. Hey, right. <laughs> Buckle up, kids. This is actually cool using this, thanks. So this face the speaker. Okay. Oh, the speaker. I put it around my neck like a medallion. Oh, okay. Nice. How about this? Is, yeah. Can you hear the medallion? Good. Okay. <laughs> um, so, of course, nothing from the Iowa Historical Society. Where do you go next when you want to figure something out? Well, let's go to Facebook. So I hit up all the Iowa history, forgotten Des Moines, and I was like, guys, uh, you ever heard of the Iowa uh, Bigfoot Information Center? And I got a lot of, you're weird, get out of here. <laughs> Whatever. But I got this. I think they had a booth at the Iowa State Fair around 1977. Our family stopped there, and my parents bought both my brother and I T-shirts that said Bigfoot Lives. I think we both still have those T-shirts stored away somewhere, even though they would never fit us again since we were just kids at the time. Well, right. So now we have more questions. We have, is this a place you could go to? And it's a booth at the State Fair in 1977? What's going on here? He actually found a picture of the t-shirt. That's weird. And of course, I said, hey, there's writing on that shirt. Let's get a little closer. Copyright 1977, Cliff, Cliff Lebrecht. Okay, so now I got two names. I got Kevin Cook, who, who knows what's up with him, and Cliff Lebrecht, what's his deal? Well, unfortunately, uh, who is Cliff Lebrecht? Cliff is no longer with us. The first Google result I had for Cliff, and um, if there is a relative of Cliff in here, you know, my condolences. He seemed like a really cool guy. We want, I do want to take that part seriously, definitely. Take the whole thing seriously. Um, 
here's his obituary I found on the internet, Clifford Andrew Lebrecht Jr. There's a lot of interesting things that came out of reading this. One, there's a picture of the guy. He's got a huge Bigfoot statue next to him. What's going on, Cliff? So I, I was like, oh, another, another dead end. Uh, Kevin is probably gone. He's disappeared. Cliff is gone. We know he's passed away. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I was like talking to my father-in-law. He's like, well, did you try contacting the people that wrote on his wall? And I'm like, dude, that's really smart. I was like, well, you know, I'm your father-in-law. So I called, there was a uh, member on the wall, uh, Garth from the UPS store in Mountain View, Arkansas, and said, hey, we really miss Cliff. So I called the UPS store in Mountain View, Arkansas. I was like, hey, is Garth there? Yeah, Garth is here. Okay. So, Garth, what can you tell me about Cliff Lebrecht? Well, he was a really nice guy. He got a lot of Bigfoot stuff in the mail. Um, and uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. I was like, do you know how to, um, you know, do you know if he had a, a, a next of kin uh, that I could contact? And they could, probably gave me way too, more, too much information than the UPS store should. Uh, they were like, well, his next of kin moved away but I think he had relatives in Michigan, whatever. So I looked back at the wall. There was some relatives from Michigan with the last name Lebrecht. So I tried to contact them and um, I got some information that his next of kin, his, his uh, well, I guess you could say spouse, uh, life partner, moved to New York. And I was like, do you have a, a contact for her? No, okay. Uh, because now I'm like tr getting kind of personal with people um, like I'm talking about your deceased relative you know and a few people were like I don't really want to talk about that I was like I understand and I was like do you have do you have any kids well uh, yes uh, we can give you their phone number and if they want to talk to you they'll contact you back so I never heard back from the kids so now okay kind of a dead end, but we're going to keep going. So what's the next thing you do? Well, you make a video about it on TikTok. <laughs> and so I made a video on TikTok under the Bigfoot Society account. And 262,000 views later, because that sucker went viral, um, a lot of people, you may have even seen it in here, I don't know, whatever, but a lot of people were like, well, man, that's, where's the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center? It got so big that there was a, uh, there was a interview with Seth Olney, a few people have said Seth Olney in here already at my booth. He was interviewed at KGGO, uh, and um, there were some weird comments on that TikTok video, and I heard, I, I saw each and every one of them. Uh, here's, a, here's a weird one. Opened in 1963 near the old Crescent building, went fine, but the owner took a call near Lucas, Iowa, and fa never found him. They think he fell in a mine. Now, we know the organizer of the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like, sounds weird, right? Uh, we know that was Kevin Cook because we can find that in newspaper articles, right? And I did some digging. Lucas, Iowa is near Stephen State Forest, which is, if you remember that paragraph at the beginning, so that checks out, right? So I'm like, okay, if both of the main names associated with the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center are no longer with us, how am I going to find out anything and not look completely silly in front of everyone at the Van Meter Visitor Festival? Because that was a big thing, right? So had a breakthrough with newspapers.com. That's a really cool website because you can search for anything on there, and your library might even have access to it. 
and I uh, found out a lot of interesting things. I'm going to go through the summaries of some things I found from those articles. Now, the first thing is Cliff and Kevin were working together to raise money for what would have been the first Bigfoot museum pretty much in the country. Okay, so there's that. Cliff and Kevin were planning on leaving their wives, families, and jobs to travel the U.S. raising money for this museum. There's that. Cliff had a Bigfoot sighting in Clive, Iowa, which if you're familiar with Des Moines, that's pretty wild because Clive today, you don't think of Bigfoots. Supposedly, he saw a Bigfoot there. Cliff had a museum-quality Bigfoot replica made by Neil Deaton in Newton, Iowa. If you're familiar with the Smithsonian, you've been to the Museum of Natural History, American Natural History, you know that big elephant? That's Neil. The same guy made the Bigfoot. Also, here's the coolest photo I've ever found in my life. This is Kevin Cook in the back in Clifford Lebrecht, and there's the Bigfoot. This is from uh, the uh, August 77 edition of the Des Moines Register. There's the elephant in the uh, Natural History Museum if you've never had the opportunity to see that. I was like, well, I got another name now. I got Neil. So I called Neil, tracked him down to Minnesota. He's an older gentleman. Keep in mind, these, Neil is going to be in his late 70s, right? So yes, he said, I did make that Bigfoot. I made it for Cliff. His weird uh, directions was no windows open in the studio during creation. So I was like, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, but all leads were cold. Kevin had no obituary. Lost in a mind? We don't know. That's what TikTok said. TikTok says a lot of things, so whatever. Um, Cliff passed away in 2021. I know that from the obituary. And his family was not returning my calls. Not, not, a, good, not a good look. I have to say there's no information online saying what the IBIC is or was. Have a good day. <coughs> Just kidding. So one more thing. So I do this uh, podcast for the Patreon, right? So I'm getting ready to record the final episode of it where I have to tell my members um, I just spent a lot of time researching something that it was just two dudes that were trying to, you know, it was nothing. It was just this crazy thing I found in the book. And I was looking over some other websites, and I looked at the obituary page again, and like Steve Jobs said, one more thing. Who comments on the obituary page on August 28th, 2022, Mr. Kevin Cook? is still alive like the doc in 1885. Cliff and I started the Iowa Bigfoot Research Center and traveled and displayed the replica in 1977. Sorry to hear of his passing. So now we are less than a month before the Van Meter Visitor Festival, and I know that Kevin Cook is still alive, and he's the only person on the earth that knows what the heck this museum thing was, and I have to find him. And so I start going nuts. I'm like using all this crazy stuff through public records to try to figure him out. So Kevin Cook was alive. I was running out of time. Many public record Google searches and leaving phone messages later. I would find random phone numbers for Kevin Cook, and I would leave these crazy voicemails like, hey, I'm this guy from Iowa, and like 45 years ago, you had this like idea to make this Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. I just want to know like, if you want to talk about that. Bigfoot, I've received your voicemail. I'm available Monday or Tuesday, mid-morning. Thank you, Kevin. 
He got back to me, which I was like, this is nuts. So one year, one hour phone conversation with Kevin, the first question out of his mouth was, how did you know about this? And how did you track me down? I was like, this is going to go terrible. Um, because, so here's the thing I found out. Kevin left the Bigfoot stuff in Iowa, hadn't thought about Bigfoot for 45 years. His family didn't know anything about his Bigfoot past. And so I had to, I had to pretty much uh, be like, well, I read this book and you were in a paragraph in it. And then I looked in the internet, I couldn't find anything. And then you put a paragraph on Clifford Lebrecht's obituary wall. And then the internet is terrible and I tracked it down. And he was like, okay, well, let's talk. So here's what I found about the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. Here's the payoff. What was the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center? It was a group of guys that would meet in Kevin's garage and investigate Bigfoot. <laughs> it's not super funny, but it kind of is. It's not super funny, but it kind of is. So here's the thing. Here's the story of the IBIC that, was, that never was. Kevin and Cliff leave for a summer tour to raise money for the center. They get as far as Bay City, Michigan. So they weren't just doing the state fair. They were also traveling around Iowa. Uh, they, they, if you look at the map of Michigan, Bay City is like right where the thumb is there, right? That's how you show Michigan stuff. Um, the center never got made because they didn't earn enough money. Um, and you know, this, there's... A, you know, this has been fun so far. There are some parts in this that are not fun, right? So, like, because of, you know, Cliff did end up getting divorced. He disappeared with the 24-foot trailer with Bigfoot, the track cast, the reports, and more. It's totally gone. The only thing I can guess is it's probably in an estate. Whoever owns the estate um, probably has it, or maybe it's just gone. Who knows? Um, what happened to Kevin? Kevin gets a new job, has to move out of state. Kevin forgets about Bigfoot for 45 years until I contact him. <laughs> now we're up to date, okay? So now you're like, well, was the IBIC a failure? Here's some reasons why it wasn't. I'm going to test your Bigfoot history. Reason number one, I found this out from Kevin when we were talking. was really cool. I was like, did you have any weird stuff happen with you and, you know, Cliff and, like, any weird stuff? He's like, you know, it was weird. There is this little Swiss guy that came from Canada to talk to us about our research. Does anyone know who the little Swiss guy was? Who? Rene de Hinden, dude. Rene de Hinden came out to Iowa to talk to these guys. That means that these guys were finding some stuff, and it's a big deal. Um, if you're into Bigfoot history, you get that. Like I told my wife, and she's like, I don't get it. I was like, oh, it's fine. I love you. Um, <laughs> she puts up with a lot. So reason number two. IBIC's reports are still talked about today. For example, if you've talked about, if you've heard about the Lockridge monster, has anyone heard about that? Yes. That was a report taken by <laughs> Kevin Cook. So I was able to say, hey, Kevin, you remember that report you took in 75? And he was like, of course I don't. That was 50 years ago. And I was like, well, anyways, it was really cool because that has become one of the more well-known Bigfoot Iowa stories to date, and he's like, yeah, that's pretty cool, thank you. So, uh, yeah, that was reason number three. Okay, cool. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit, here's a, here's a clip. So, and it's interesting, most of the Bigfoot incidents reported in Iowa during the past year 
have been investigated by members of the Bigfoot Information Center, a group of Bigfoot enthusiasts who joined together last summer under the direction of Kevin Cook, 25 of Des Moines. So he's 25. I'm talking to a gentleman who's about 79 for, for clarification. He's a cool dude, though. He's so cool. During the during, – we're going to get a little Iowa history – Iowa Bigfoot history. I mean, they were getting reports – and these are clips uh, from the 78 Des Moines Register, and they have some amazing artwork for this. Bigfoot sightings, areas shown below. So the first one is you can see West Bend, Audison, Humboldt, Hardy, and Clarion. Uh, we're just going to go through a few. Audison in uh, July through September 78, uh, we saw a Bigfoot-like creature in the Audison area. This was a huge, huge flap of Bigfoot sightings. Uh, farmers in the area said they were waking at night by strange sounds made by something. Humboldt, uh, there was something howling so loud in the woods, excuse me, that uh, when they called the sheriff to talk to him about it, the sheriff over the phone could hear the Bigfoot howling. Hardy, uh, there was a 16-year-old boy that saw a Bigfoot-like creature near dusk in a bean field. Uh, some of these, as Kevin did say in my... Uh, interview with him over the phone. Some of them were hoaxes they found. Clarion, uh, there is a woman who saw a dark image had peered through her kitchen window around 10.30 one night. Uh, they saw some tracks, thought it was Bigfoot. Uh, we got Pella, Harvey, Oskaloosa. There's so many different Bigfoot reports in the 78 time frame. Uh, 10 or 11-year-old boy seen Bigfoot on the road near a bridge. Harvey, um, they see a Bigfoot after a 14-inch snowstorm, find trick tracks that are 20 inches long oscaloosa uh they find a bigfoot coming out from the shadow of a tree during a heavy snowstorm here's lucas stephen state county they found numerous reports of sightings and strange sounds in sections of stephen state forest uh molten they see a seven to eight feet tall creature that weighed about 400 pounds literally I'm finding out information about this even today. The following information is from Kevin. He sent some stuff to me in a text today this morning. Uh, in that time of history, Bigfoot was looked upon as a myth. This is from Kevin. People that looked into this phenomenon were not taken seriously. At this point in my life, I did field research only. The goal with this mobile Bigfoot Information Center was to obtain information about this animal through people of all walks of life, sharing their personal experiences, and to bring Bigfoot out of the shadows. Over the years, the possibility of this animal's existence has become more accepted and today's investigators are taken more seriously and have technological advantages that we do not have in the 70s. Literally, the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center was kind of finding Bigfoot 50 years before finding Bigfoot. That's my, I know that's a kind of a thing to say, but that's what I think. Whenever you listen to someone tell the Iowa Bigfoot sighting, the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center lives on. It's not a museum, but it's kind of, you know, not to get too weird, but it's kind of, it's us hanging out, talking about Bigfoot. The last thing I heard from Kevin is you learn a lot and you just go on with life. That was a quote from him in the interview. Uh, so there, that's the story of the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. Uh, bonus, can you answer these questions? Did you meet Kevin or Clifford or see their traveling exhibit in the 1970s? Did I miss anything? Email BigfootSociety at gmail.com. Let me know. Cryptic Encounters in Madison and Dallas County and really anywhere in Iowa. Let me know, please. Uh, if you, uh, reports of the Van Meter visitor being seen in the woods behind Van Meter Elementary. I would really like to know about that. 
Because I've gotten people that have said that to me before, and I don't have solid info. Do you have a footprint cast of the visitor in your basement or attic? We'd love to know about that one, guys. Let me know. Let Chad know first. He, he deserves to know first. Uh, any weird cryptid stories? I'm your guy, anonymous, or an interview. Just contact me. And a little plug, if you want to hear the Iowa Files podcast series about the case, and I have all the articles where you can actually read them up close, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. But that is the story of the Iowa Bigfoot Information Center. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Bigfoot Society. Any content provided by our guests are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone. Thank you.